0: Hello, Mark.
1: Well, look at this bear cat. How are we doing today? I'm doing all right, buddy. How are you?
0: Uh, You know, I'm, I'm doing really good, but I had this just super traumatic experience, man. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. So I think I've told you before that, like, public toilets in Germany, they suck, right? They are not good. They're relatively clean, but they're few and far between, and you have to pay to get into them, and, and for somebody that has the American diet like I do, like, you tend to, to need to shit at weird, random times. So, I
2: just, Okay like
0: just, I, like, I, I don't know how I, I managed it, but I managed to go, like, a good year, year and a half in this country without having an emergency moment where I couldn't find a toilet, and that just about changed today. So... I just, like, I, I made some poor decisions last night, you know, ate maybe one too many hot wings, ate maybe, maybe ate one too many pommes uh, frites, uh, french fries for you non-Germans. Like, something was not agreeing with me, and my stomach told me so this morning, and I decided to be the ignorant American that I am and ignore it. And I'm out, and I'm with my, my lady wizard, and we're out and doing shopping and all this stuff, and there's this big festival going on. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that that rumbly and my tumbly happened. And I'm thinking to myself, oh God, what, what do I do now? Like where, where could this possibly lead? And sure enough, there is not a single, single place in this entire marketplace, like nowhere for me to go and take a dump at all. Lo and behold, I managed to hop on my, hop on the tram. I'm like, cool. It's not an emergency yet, but we're getting there. Like it's, if we're going by DEFCONs, we're at DEFCON like three edging on two. Not quite to one, though. Um, But I hop on and I hop back off of the tram, like after one stop, because I know that it stops right by this super fancy, ritzy place. It's like this country club. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, I don't speak a lot of German. I'm basically going to go in there, violate this place and offer to pay for whatever fucking damages I caused. Like, cool. You guys don't want to charge me. You want to do that. That's fine. Either I'm shitting my pants in front of you while you try and stop me, or you're just going to let me go to the bathroom. So I, I go, and in my, my broken German, I, I say, Hallo, tut mir leid, ich muss scheißen. Jetzt. Like, and I really, I hit the jetzt very hard. Because that mm-hmm. means now in German. For mm-hmm. all, once again, for all you non-Germans out there. And the like security dude just like gives me this deer in headlights and points. I'm like, oh, thank God. I got somebody who understands. He knows what's going on. I go, I I barely make it. You know, I'm playing, playing punch the clock. By the time I get there, we are at DEFCON 1. Like the, the alarms are blaring. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm going to have to buy new pants. Um, I managed to finish all my business and I'm like literally wiping beads of sweat off my forehead. I left my wife just, like, in the marketplace somewhere. She has no idea. I just evaporated for all, all she knows. But I come back out, and I notice, like, there's all these people, and they've all got these, like, rifles, which is strange, super strange. Because aside from the police that are near my house, because I'm right by the U.N., mm-hmm. um, there's, like, you never see guns anywhere in this country. But there's these people, and they look like they're, they're fox hunting or something. Like, they've got all these cute little suits on and all this shit. And... Uh, I, I just kind of like I look at the guard, I give him a like a thank you and I say, Um, you know, Dankeschön, Don uh Spreken's English, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I speak English. I'm like, What's what's with all these people here? Um and he says, Oh, they're they're here for this like super cool shooting tournament. We have it every year. It's between all these little country clubs and and like rifle clubs and stuff. And I was like, Oh, well like what's what's the prize? And they said, Oh, well, first prize is You get to like you get this like fancy membership, like your membership dues basically for whatever club you're at are paid for a year, and you get to guest host on the club's favorite podcast. And I said, "Oh, what's that?" And he said, "Oh, it's the dang old podcast."
1: (laughs) Nobody told me about this. Um, What kind of deals you making in Germany, buddy?
0: I I it's cross cross promotion cross promotion. Everybody (laughs) come to come to the Schwarzwald. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> and I, I just got to ask, as you were, you know, panicked running around trying to find a, you know, open uh, bathroom, were you knocking on doors going, is das Jan besetzt?" <laughs> Which would mean, is this Juan ocupado?
0: Is this Juan ocupado? No, but I also wasn't saying es in my So there we go. <laughs>
1: Well, we should say welcome back to the Dangle podcast, uh, the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my poopy friend,
0: <laughs> Johnny,
1: <laughs> we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation class at King of the Hill and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows and we see if it still holds up and we're finding out they don't really that well and then we slap it with our patented rating system and Johnny, let's just uh, <laughs> drop these kids off at the pool, what do you say? Oh. The country club pool. I wasn't making a poop joke. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I see. I see. I, I like your your double meanings here, Mark. You're getting much better at those. I'm using my <laughs> wife's panties as a coaster right now because, guys, I'm recording in the closet. It's exciting. Um, Mark, I have we're gonna the start weirdest boner. This... <laughs> gonna... Just because I'm using my wife's undergarments to to make sure my beer doesn't get too sweaty doesn't mean that you get to have a weird boner.
1: Um, I don't know. I think you just—you you honestly just Dean Pelton me, dude. You awakened something. I didn't even know that that thing could be a thing, and now I'm like, I want a panty
0: koozie. Million dollar idea, patent dude, pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're starting out this week with episode 221, "The Men Who Knew Too Much." Original air date December 9th, 2007. This is written by Dan McGrath. Mark, where did we say Dan McGrath last?
1: Um, we last saw him on Blood and Sauce and you were all about it.
0: Yes, I was. That is, ooh, is that a good episode? Oh, I do declare. Um, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember you were not the, the biggest fan of that. You got a little, you you were you looked at it through less of the rose-colored glasses that I have for that, considering it's a Gilbert episode. Um, mm. so I, but I also remember you didn't hate it. I, I think it fell as a, what, a butane for you? It was a butane. It was fine. Yeah. Well, we'll see if Mr. McGrath here can uh, can improve his standing with you with this week's episode. Our cast of characters include Hank Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotreeve, Boomhauer, Min and Con, Superdusenpone, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Fitzy Moose, Johnny Knucklehead, Earl, Ted Wasanasong, and Cindy Wasanasong.
1: Uh, good looking um, out on that seeing Earl at the gun club.
0: <laughs> yes uh i called hey, him black you. guy thank you uh thank you wikipedia but we also know that he is the the black vote and the gay vote so hey um uh, yeah
1: i wrote him as gay black guys back pro
0: <laughs> yes <Johnny? laughs> amazing amazing hey our synopsis we're gonna we're gonna pull uh something from that just absolute fucker carl moss and say that the Superphones finally figured out their ticket into the Nine Rivers Country Club, and it results in men making friends with the kookiest band of gun nuts around. And Hank has garbage issues. A-story characters, Min, Con, and Dale. B-story is Hank. Uh, I guess Bobby and, and Peggy eventually. It's mostly Hank, though. He's about the only one that gives a shit. Um, yeah, let's get to some notes.
1: Yeah? You want me to start? You want to start? What do you think?
0: Oh, just jump right on in, buddy. Let's—I want to hear what you got.
1: Alrighty, here we go. Number one. Oh, hey, I remember this episode. Min becomes a trap queen. You tell me what was wrong with that <laughs> sentence, because I dare you to First find it. First trap. <laughs> also that. <laughs> um, when's the last time that Min was a focus, or we even saw her?
0: Like. It's Maybe, been um, so long. It's roses? been a
1: minute, you might say. Yeah, The Sun Also Roses, I think, would be a big one. Yeah. But even then, that and was then, tangential.
0: Like, that was like a, like a oh, you just happen to be in the same hobby as me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I would say um board games where, mm, okay. the, where they're all trying to run for school board. I think that might be yes. the last time we really actually saw men in any real capacity. Um. Okay. I am both shocked and pleased that I saw this one. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think it's like unconfirmed fan theory that the King of the Hill guys like um, Invincible, the uh, comic book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're talking about, on that video, you know, we have all this thi- all these things at Nine Rivers. Um, and one of them is calligraphy. And on the calligraphy, do you know what name is scrawled on that calligraphy? That's right. Mark... Grayson
0: nice that the is same cool. name so that as is...
1: the main character from Invincible
0: so there are two references to Invincible that that the King of the Hill community like fandom knows about that is the third one I have never heard anybody point that out because I there are two animated moments in there
1: yeah well because there's that and kid with his an, shirt yeah. and then Bobby's reading the comic
0: so there's that there's also or he's reading um, um, Buck yeah, Bobby is reading Unvincible, but Buck Strickland has a uh, an unvincible, you can't see my air quotes here, an unvincible action figure in his office in like the last season. Oh shit,
1: okay. Keep an eye out for that yeah. one then too. But, but it's for like, I it's almost for, like thought two I'd... frames. Yeah. That's awesome. You, hear it her... you heard it here first, folks, yeah.
0: Huge catch, dude. And I'm, I'm a big Robert Kirkman fan and I, guys, Invincible is the superior fucking comic that that dude has ever written. The Walking Dead can go suck its dick.
1: It is. It still is. And it's Hot still ejaculating money into its mouth. And yes. AMC is going, num, 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 num. Look at this property we're beating to death. Num, num, num. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you hated me. Because the way you talk about hating my wife and my son and me. <laughs> <it's> just great. <laughs> Um, we get into, we get into the gun club and there's a big old burly man. And my first thought is that no, 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 it's not. It's (laughs) moose. And then he wipes cheese dust on his beard and the mystery continues.
0: Oh. Oh my God. Yeah. I audibly just like almost like yacked. You can ask my lady wizard about it. Like I saw it just went, Oh, it was, that was, that was too much for me today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you reckon that's cheese dust or grilled cheese? I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm, bitty. I'm really bitty today. I don't know what my problem is. It's um, cool. Are you aware of this deal on TikTok where women howl? They no. They get on all fours. And there's always like the alpha female and I guess they're trying to invoke a wolf spirit or something. I'll try and send you some. I see it on Reddit from time to time because the Reddit app suggests to me terrible things. Um okay. My point is it's the cringiest goddamn thing in the world, and it really, really cheapened Min's initiation when she had to howl. But that's still kind of a fun little scene there. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um if you follow the money, JFK makes sense. I just had to write that in. Um, <laughs> yes. Does Ted... Okay, so let's talk about Ted Song and the Nine Rivers Country Club. This white whale of luxury and status in the bustling Asian community of Arlen. Right. Does Ted not want them there because he doesn't like Khan? Is it because Khan sucks or is it because Ted sucks?
0: So I think it's because Ted sucks, because Ted is very Um, narrow-minded. Ted sucks because the only reason he wants anybody near there is if it can improve his own station, you know? He doesn't want Khan there because Khan brings nothing to the table, ever. He never has. Um, The closest he ever got was that sick-ass government contract with titanium uh, golf clubs that Hank totally and royally fucked him over. Now, not all (laughs) Hank's fault, but... (laughs) <laughs> um, like, but that's like the closest big thing that he's ever had that, that, um, Ted might want when you stop and think about it. If, if men had won the board position on the school board, that actually might've helped their chances, but she didn't end up winning.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I think if Ted so you're has, if Ted it's sees value a game in deal. you,
0: Oh, absolutely. If Ted sees value in you for something. Yeah. You probably have a better shot and he might actually go to bat for you but if you have no value for him, you're just not, you don't even exist. That dude is a total user. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. I just, I, you know, he always seems to be blocking it. And at this point, like board positions can't be for life. Right. I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, so we got a reoccurring theme on here and it's that the, the, Women in the alley are attracted to guns. So Nancy, well duh, she's married to the president. Um, Per Full Metal Dust Jacket, Peggy got into them, and now Min has too. That leads me to my follow-up note. I'm really bummed we didn't get a oh hey Peggy from like Moose. That would have been great.
0: That would have been good. Or some sort of like um,
1: callback. Just a little bit of anything at all, just to. They're, they're there. They they show up at the Super and Pwn house a couple times. Like, there's no reason.
0: Exactly. Well, and yet that actually, with that callback right there, there's a moment that I have in my notes. Do you mind if I bring it up real quick?
1: Yeah, please, please, please.
0: um Khan is putting away one particular book that we all know that the Gun Club has read, and that's Dinner of Onions.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is.
0: And so it's like, well, shit. You've already got the connection there. Why couldn't Peggy have, like, like, that's how, maybe that's how the entire alley finds out about it. Peggy is there at a, at a, like a book club meeting, essentially, with the rest of the people in the gun club. And Min walks in and goes, Well, I guess I'm here with Dale now. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, I, it, yeah. I, I think we were robbed of that. That's a good catch, man.
1: Just a little, just a little thing. I don't even need like a big whole scene like, Oh, that's just Moose. Remember when I owned the bookstore and tanked our fucking credit rating and then sold it to the, uh, the, to the drunk Irishman? Like, yeah. Not we don't need that. Just a oh hi Peggy like, just that, and then those are my notes until we get to our B plot, which I want to start discussing the B plot in a little bit more depth if it's all right with you. Especially because I have a theory that we're gonna get more B plots as we continue down the line.
0: Yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course. Cool. Um well let me get into my notes here. Um. First off, we have a Lauren Tom signature that we have not heard yet in King of the Hill, but I hear all the time in Futurama, and we hear it out okay. of Min. Do you, do you know what it was? No. What is it? It is her signature, hmm okay. I've never heard Min use the words "Aya" when she does anything, but in this episode, she says that and then goes off in Laotian, like goes off and just starts spouting, She's pissed about something. I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, this is such, this is such an Amy Wong thing to hear because I'm so used to hearing her say it.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So that I love you, Lauren, Tom, thank you so much for that. It's like, it's not like an Easter egg. Cause I don't think she intended to do that, but it was just very cool. Um, It's very personal, I guess. Uh, I looked it up and green acres, the song that lucky is supposed to, like I don't know revving his engine to the beat or to the tune of Uh uh it's a 1960s TV show about a lawyer from New York who buys a farm and goes Mm -hmm. to live on the farm with his his, his socialite wife who absolutely abhors it and hates it and they get into all sorts of hijinks because she just wants to go back and and live in New York and and party and and be that lady and this dude like loves loves farm life and all this shit I've never heard of Green Acres before this show I don't think anybody really now still watches it. Yeah. No, no, I've never heard of it. Not until. Oh shit. Yeah.
1: It. It, it's awesome, dude. Jaja Gabor's the wife and she's just all like European and hateful and darling, can we go back to the city? And like the dudes all yeah. I don't know. Um, also can I tag in for yours? Mm-hmm. So this is the second, I don't know if it's happened yet. I have no idea where it happens. I just know that Hank is doing a thing and he's singing the green acres theme
0: interesting
1: he's i want to say he's sanding or painting but he's green acres is the place for me farm Ooh. living is the life to me or some some shit like that but it. that sounds familiar yeah it's a thing real i can't believe i never watched that that a pig on there that was like the mascot and then at the rat party they famously killed and ate the pig at a barbecue it was super fucked
0: up like no i've never heard of that before you know, I've, I've never watched Green Acres. My So my old-timey TV show knowledge goes based off of what my dad watched, and I guess he wasn't a fan of that. I watched a lot of um, Andy Griffith at my house. Okay. He loved okay. Andy Griffith. So I know all about Andy and Aunt B and Opie and, and uh, I don't know, Don Knotts. He was in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love Don Knotts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Green Acres. Green Acres, guys. Uh, I, already t- I already mentioned that uh, Khan is putting away a dinner of onions. I love that we call that out every time we see it. I also love that in season 12, they're still taking the time to animate that specific cover. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So when Min leaves the gun club, when she officially deserts them and they take her little macaroni art that has her name on it and they try and shoot it, Dale shoots at yes. it first with his shotgun and fires 11 <laughs> rounds.
1: I'm glad you got that.
0: <laughs> yes. Eleven rounds, guys, and I just had to put a note in here that there is no classic style shotgun as he is seen holding that houses eleven rounds. There are shotguns that have eleven round capacity, but none that look like that. They are all semi automatic or automatic shotguns, and they all look like basically, I, some something. Terry like, Crews some uses one in the
1: Expendables, you. and it's drum fed. Like,
0: yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sadly, guys, Dale's a terrible shot because eleven rounds from a shotgun that thing's got spread like good Lord, um next note here, why did the hills bring their garb- bring the garbage inside to sift through it? like that just does not seem right to me.
1: We missed a line there where Peggy's gonna do it in the garage, and Hank gets mad, and she goes, "Oh fine, we'll do it in the house."
0: I mean, well, and see that probably I wouldn't be so, so like bitchy about this if that's if that's the line we missed, because I can see Hank being a tight ass about. No, this is my garage. You don't do that in here. That's not what this is for. But damn it. You you got rid of the line and now I'm mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, And my last note here, it's, it's not a pro. It's not a con. It's just a note. And it's that the entire last act of this episode where Dale and the gun club dudes basically storm the fucking country club all with guns ages horribly, even in Texas. Like, I just, I could not get that out of my head the entire time watching it. Like, Jesus Christ, we're about to see a bunch of people die.
1: (laughs) You will. You will notice in our introduction today, I said, see if they still hold up. They're really not doing that much anymore. This is one of those moments. (laughs) No. Um, I I felt the same way.
0: From a storytelling perspective and to illustrate just how, how kind of nutty these gun, gun club guys are, I get why they did it, why they, that was the how everything was done. But I oh, also yeah. love the, the idea of the, the, what, like, maybe 10 to 15 security <laughs> dudes, none of which have guns, just say, drop your weapons, and then everybody drops them. <laughs> it's like, oh, good God. Just take me back. Take, take me back to a time where where not everybody decided they needed to be a goddamn cowboy and carry their Do guns you? with them everywhere and just shoot everything that moved.
1: <laughs> you know the line that got men hooked, right? The, or that got her into the mm-hmm. gun club was, I have, you know, fired an unmodified AK-47. That's the line <laughs> that got the guys. That was an exotic experience. Just, just marinate yeah. on that for a second. Again, 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 you and I are pretty, we're not anti-gun, but we're just not into them. Especially, no. you know, any of them big round, any of them big magazine numbers, but like
0: guns have their time damn, and dude. place. Like, and yeah.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, like, you know, if I had one gun to own, it'd be a unmodified AK 47. Like <laughs> everyone should, but
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the last of my notes here. It's, this is an interesting episode for sure. I, I, I don't know, before we jump into pros and cons, I don't know how you felt going into this, how much of this you remembered. I think I may have watched this episode one time before this, maybe twice. Like, I've gone through this series mm-hmm. multiple times, but sometimes I I turn something on and I fall asleep to it, so I miss episodes in between, you know, here and there. And right. I have a feeling I missed this one a couple of times because it seemed really fresh for me.
1: Yeah, I knew that men joined a gun club at some point. I see this one pop up on the... Uh... Um, Our King of the Hill a lot the the um, wop diddy tally or whatever the fuck the initiation song is I see that uh, pop up uh-huh. a lot but I don't remember it um, yeah yeah it was it, yeah fresh I think is the way to say it um, yeah also I was gonna make note if you didn't um, ski or trap shooting is cool as shit I go encourage anybody to watch it I I was. I am like really into it. It's it's the sport I'm the most into without doing dick around it. But I will watch people like shoot trap all goddamn day.
0: I just, um, I think it's super okay,
1: so, cool. It's an amazing skill set. Like it's it's great.
0: Um. Okay. So really, Mark, what you what you need to do is start watching biathlons. Hmm. Not triathlons because that's for giant assholes. But biathlons. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I watched one before we recorded. It was on Pornhub.
0: <laughs> so, biathlons, Mark. I'm ignoring that fucking <laughs> comment. Biathlons. <laughs> I found out about my friends from Norway. Because what is Norway known for? They're known for skiing. Skiing? Right? And shooting well, shit? And, and yeah, like, skiing and shooting shit. Biathlon is literally cross-country skiing and rifle shooting.
1: Well, yeah, but that's rifle shooting. Like.
0: No, I know. I'm just I, like, saying, like. yeah. Like skeet shooting is fantastic it, it too, but the yeah. idea that that this is—I think it's like an Olympic sport. Like I think they do a winter a, Winter Olympics for biathlon. And I'm like, this is so fucking. Oh yeah, cool hundred <laughs> percent.
1: I I don't know. I think it's super cool.
0: Um, no, skeet shooting is it's fascinating. Um,
1: and also the obligatory ah skeet skeet. Okay.
0: Ah skeet skeet.
1: I'll talk about that B plot really quick.
0: Oh yeah, please, please tell me about tell me about the B, um. It's, I mean, you want me just to give you, like, a, a breakdown of it? Hank is, he's having issues because every time he, t- by Bobby or him, try and take out the trash, somebody's using his trash can. Like, it's already full, and he doesn't know who.
1: Yeah, this is a King of the Hill B-plot, right? Like, it, it feels like a good one. It's super dumb. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It escalates out of control. Um, And then it's ruined. Or is it ruined? I don't know. Like... I could have been. I guess I would have liked it better if we didn't get the Lucky's come to American Jesus moment. And it would. (laughs) Okay. I really wish the episode would have. I wish the B plot would have just cut with Lucky going, Well, I thought family was family and you could use each other's trash. And it cuts to Hank and his, you know, eye twitching majestically. And I would have preferred that ending. Instead, we get, wow, you get to see all your shit, and I'm Tom Petty. <laughs>
0: yeah. How come Hank didn't, didn't get more angry at him for throwing out a car battery?
1: Ooh, good call. Okay.
0: You know, like, okay, most of this shit, that's kind of understandable, but, like, Lucky, you threw out a car battery. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Not any battery. It came out a pretty, pretty truck truck.
0: I'm also I'm kind of astounded that Lucky isn't fatter. When he talks about like you can have Chinese chicken salad one day and baklava the next, I'm like, okay, you you apparently like international cuisine. Good for you, and good for the fact that Arlen has got these options for people. But if if you're going
1: to Wal, that's Walmart. He's going to Walmart and getting shit out of the freezer section.
0: You think that's what he's doing?
1: Oh, I know he is. You can buy frozen baklava and Chinese chicken I can go buy that right now at City Market. It ain't a deal. Fuck Fucking internationalism. <laughs> I'm more impressed that him and his miserable ass teeth can eat baklava and not get all the goddamn walnuts stuck in it, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. You know we ain't eating the stuff the good stuff with the pistachio. <sighs> <laughs> guys go try baklava it's it's the fucking goddamn food of the gods
1: that's literally what the name means also we really dodged a bullet here because it could have been lucky doing fucking truck horn engine rev karaoke
0: oh. <laughs> and en- then like- instead of dancing with dogs mark we're doing truck horn karaoke <laughs> and it's it's or truck horn american idol
1: I kinda wanna hear Freebird, not gonna lie. Or Simple Man. I bet you can get
0: Simple Man out. <laughs> <laughs> not the guitar I just part, want smoke but smoke on the you know. water, buddy. Give me smoke on the water, deep purple, <laughs> easy enough. Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, enough about the B plot. Do you have anything to say about it? I, I don't know if it's no. good or bad. I like it up until a point, but <laughs>
0: I so I have I have pieces in my cons about it, but no, not nothing okay, like cool. It, it is. No, I like that you, I like that you wanted to take a second to t- kind of talk about it. We've been ignoring our B plots lately because they don't make any sense. They don't add anything to the main story. And so we just kind of gloss over them, but thanks for bringing us around and, and taking some time.
1: Yeah. I think it's important that we probably shouldn't have started this midway through the last two seasons, but Hey, it's all right. Live and learn. Right. Um, give me your yeah. pros, man. I've been talking for a fucking minute.
0: Um, my first pro here is that we start with a very Dale opening and that's the land canoe and <laughs> goddamn, do if I don't want to find like a busted up sidecar somewhere and make a land canoe with you and just, just, I don't know, get a couple of fucking hockey sticks and troll that thing down main street in Alamosa. That to me, that to me seems like the greatest thing. We're going to put Lil lightning on the side of it. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> We're going to find some gnarly Hilda bomb and you and I are going to end up in the fucking hospital. It's going to be great, but we need a land canoe. <laughs> um, so it's going to be, so are we riding tandem in the
1: land canoe or are we getting two sidecars and like tacking them together?
0: Oh, well, see, I imagine this is like a bobsled situation, but there's very clearly like a, like a dick barrier so that we don't have to go dick to butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I imagined. Well, I like the bus
1: I just wish they didn't have to sit so close together.
0: It, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Um, but see, if you and I each have our own psycho, then it turns into competition. Like then we're then we're gonna start a whole thing where people like do a downhill derby or or it's I don't know. We could start something really weird. I bet you. I bet you all. There's the one at Creststone, in Crestone,
1: and it's pure horror. I've been to one. It's pure horror. It's like a downhill thing. Um don't give hippies power tools this is the moral of the story,
0: kids. <laughs> See, that's why it just needs to be the two of us. We'll be those those two weird dudes that just take their land canoe around town. It'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Um Amen. Next pro here, shooting sports in general. Um I think like from my personal experience, shooting is it's a very it's a very interesting sport. And it might be the mm-hmm. best use of guns that we have because it teaches you patience. It teaches you concentration. It teaches you perseverance. There is a lot of really good things that come from target shooting and skeet shooting. Um, short of making sure that when you decide to go out and kill something, because that's, that is what a gun is made for. That's the only thing a gun is made for is for going out and killing things. Um, But if you want to go out and you want to go hunting, which you've heard Mark and I rail many times about how awesome it is to go hunting and just Mm -hmm. do it fucking responsibly. If you are into shooting sports and you can practice and you can get that concentration down, congratulations. You just made hunting that much easier for everybody, especially the thing that you just fucking killed. Because if you are very good at practicing and hunting and all of that stuff, you nailed it once and it went down. You didn't make it suffer. It just did its thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I did 4H as a kid, and I did shooting sports for like almost ten years. I went to the Colorado State Fair, and I competed. I did all sorts of really cool shit. and just like, and it was just typical single shot 22 rifle. Nothing super fancy. No, uh, sadly, I, no, I never did skeet shooting. Um, but like, it's, it is very calming and and very humbling to just go cool. I'm shooting at a target. Let's see who can do this the best. Guys, mm-hmm. if I can pimp one of our earlier episodes, please go back and listen to "How to Fire a Rifle Without Really Trying" to hear Mark and I talk a lot about the merits of of target shooting and the importance this can like this can hold in your life. Um, this is kind of the first time it's it's really been revisited since then, and it sounds weird that it took ten seasons to get back to. This.
1: Yeah, but, you know, once again, King of the Hill is a generally, well, no, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, Full Metal Dusk Jacket shows a, the gun yeah. lifestyle as it's- it used to be, not what it is now, yeah. back when, you know, you know but, like, I, I think, by and large, King of the Hill is a generally gun-positive type of show, you know? But they're also. I think so. I also think it. Talks but it's about also being focusing on too. shooting sports and also yeah. But that's what you're saying. Yeah. It talks about shooting sports and responsibility and safety and yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, guys, go go listen to one of our older episodes. I, I, hell, if anything, it'll be kind of fun to listen to Mark and I two years ago. Uh, you can see how how much different we are now than we were then. Um, <laughs> I love. You want to blow your the... fucking
1: mind? Go back and listen to the episode we dropped this time two years ago. I do that every I do that every week. I listen to what two wizards we dropped and what Dangle dropped, and it is just a snapshot into my mental health. And like you can track like my depression and anger (laughs) as I was like rounding out my time at City Market and all this weird shit. It's kind of cool. Go go, you go do that. It'll be good for you. But listeners, you go do it too, and you can understand why Johnny and I are so goddamn insane.
0: Oh yeah, hey, it's we we just keep doing it week after week, right? Um. Mm -hmm. The uh, the repetition exercise that they do, the one that you said that gets memed a whole bunch on, Our King of the Hill, I thought that was super sweet. I love that, that yes. Min bought into it, that she did it, that she followed through with it. She swore on the beer can, just like they talked about. Like, It's super wholesome to me that she buys into all of this stuff because these guys, they're not trying to be weird and sexualize her. They're not trying to like really do anything other than go, whoa, we really like her. Like, She's a cool person. We want to do more things for her. Yeah, they genuinely just, want to
1: impress her because she's such a badass. I think that's really cool. Yes, yes, she's not like a because missing piece oh, Min is they,
0: hot. No, exactly. She's the missing piece that that gun club didn't realize they were missing until she showed up, and it was just like, cool. Mm-hmm. You are one of the guys. You are just one of one of us, and we all really like you and want to impress you. She's like the 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 cool kid that just rolls into school, the cool new kid, and everybody wants to be friends with him because he's the cool new kid. Mm-hmm. Um. My last pro here, and you and I like to call out costume changes, but Min's ending look when they're at uh, the, the little like party and stuff at the end at Nine Rivers, she's got her hair up, she's wearing that purple dress. That is a fantastic look. That might be one of the hottest looks we've had for Min yet. <laughs> it's a pro to me yeah. because they made they made her look very nice.
1: Yeah, I, they do a lot of good men costume changing here. I like her in her like actual shooting sports attire.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: and she got the 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 padded uh, vest deal. I like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And her super sexy um.
1: safety glasses. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not just um. cool. They're or they're not just safe. They're also cool.
0: Yes. Um, okay. Those are my pros, buddy. Give me what you got.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Number one, you already hit it, Land Canoe. (laughs) (laughs) I want one. I want you to have one. I want to get, yeah, I I just want it. I want you and I to get them, except I want to be in Germany, and we're just, like, going around harassing local shopkeepers. We grab, like, a 40 and a sausage for two euro and roll (laughs) away cackling.
0: I'll take Lil Lightning, you can have the Honor Roller, and we'll go down a Strasse, where, uh, where I'm very familiar with, and we'll just, like, bomb that hill like no other. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> um, we got, uh, so, a lot of cool continuity callbacks here. Bobby is back to smelling their garbage. As per <laughs> Peggy's Headache, Season 3, Episode 3. That's right, I remembered. Men talking about the Gun Club. They're basically bears with furniture.
0: <laughs> i so uh, it, i i love that at one point doesn't con call them the like country bear jamboree he talks about that he's living in country bear jamboree and I'm like yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. tracks this very much <laughs> tracks that that's how they see their the people they live around
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much it's, it's great um you already nailed this when you named him and i just called him gay black guys at the club yay earl about earl we love Earl at the Gun Club. Um, the trying to destroy the plank scene, and they all just keep missing. <laughs> Which the once again tells the me Berettas that this isn't a gun me. club. What's that? Yeah,
0: the dude that's got the t- the dual Berettas that's shooting at him. I don't remember his name, but he's just like going ham. And I'm like, this is this is fantastic.
1: <laughs> that's great. I but they're all just bad at shooting, so they're not even there to do gun shit. They're just there to get. They're just there to pal around, drink a couple beers, and be with friends, you know? And I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I like the skeet montage. It's cool. I like her doing it at the gun club, or like her doing it at the tournament. Or, you know, her getting like good enough to qualify. I really like that. That's a good little montage scene, and we're gonna do it well. Um And then finally, like you kinda already hit this, but security guards security guards stopping the gun club with radios.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's great. So,
0: it does a good job of showing just how harmless they really are, because we all know throughout this episode the gun club guys aren't bad people. They're not your like crazy mass shooter, like terror, like active shooter terrorist bullshit guys that come in with with guns blazing. Like Mad Dog is no clear. longer welcome at the club. Exactly, and so it does make sense that they would all just drop them, whether these guys had guns or not. But like, it's just so hard to separate that from from now. Like the, whatever the response would be now to this, oh, so hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, those are my pros, buddy. Talk to me okay. about some cons.
0: Um, first con here is that uh, this is it's a personal con because I got definitely a little bit triggered watching the beep bot in this episode. I live in a a shared building. It's it's what's called as a family house in Germany. And okay. basically I have one house and my wife and I are on the top top two floors. There's somebody who has bought the apartment in the on the floor below us, and another person who has bought the one on the, the bottom floor. Um or they rent it out or whatever. You know, so there's technically three families that have the capacity to live in one house. Mm-hmm. So in Germany, when these this deal happens, usually whoever owns the house, if it's not like one person who owns the entire building, Whoever owns it pays for their own garbage, right? So okay. we have all these ridiculous garbage regulations here. You have to put your plastic in one specific bin. You put all of your paper in one specific bin. That way, it can all get um. It can all get recycled, recycled. and it goes to the correct yeah. place exactly. And it's like you'll get fined if you don't separate your garbage correct. Uh, there's a green bay, green ba- green. Wow, there's a green waste <laughs> bin. Um, so the, all your compostable stuff, so anything that's basically you ate but isn't meat or protein-based, it goes in there because it can compost. And then everything else goes in your black bin. That's the rest mold. It's it's your garbage. It's just everyday garbage. Um, in a family-style house, if you all have the same landlord like we do, you all share one fucking can for each of those categories. And okay. this episode tilted the shit out of me because... We get our garbage picked up twice a month. Our black and our green gets picked up twice a month. Our blue and our yellow. Yeah, our blue and our yellow get picked up once a month. So our plastic recycle and our um, paper recycle only get picked up once a month. And we're sharing one tiny, like, 30-gallon can with two other people. Normally, this wouldn't be a problem because the people below us, they're only there like half the time. They're great, they're fantastic. I love my, my under under the stairs neighbors, if you will. Um, they're only here half the time, so they don't make a lot of garbage. But the people on the bottom floor literally run what's called a kita, which is a preschool. So they're running a oh, business Jesus out of Christ. the bottom of this place. And they fill up every single one of those bins the day after they get taken out. So I just have massive amounts of plastic and paper around my house at any given fucking moment. And the idea of somebody else putting their garbage in my can, just like it made Hank angry, got me angry as fuck today. So, okay, that's a con. Thank you for listening to my tiny rant about sharing garbage containers in Germany.
1: <laughs> Tag in. I remember living with a certain unnamed person, we'll call him Benson, and yep. our house didn't have trash service so we would play garbage ninja on Wednesday or Tuesday <laughs> nights where we would go around and take multiple bags of trash to our neighbor's tr- trash cans and throw them in yep I miss she trash ninja is so worst. goddamn
0: bad <laughs> Shit. there are there are moments there're definitely moments oh
1: or, or we just, you know, save it up, throw it into grudge match until the bed was full. This was usually in winter. And then we drive around to student, you know, the student, like the dorms and shit and dump it there. And he always maintained, well, we're students. We're paying the student fee. This is one of them. And we never yeah. got caught. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, I've, I've seriously contemplated taking a bunch of my garbage just because I don't want to have it in my house anymore. And it's not like it's real gross stuff, but like. We all order from Amazon multiple times a month now. That's just what happens. And you have a giant thing of cardboard that eventually collects. And I my, my choices are either throw it away and get fined when they catch me because it's got my name all over it. And they go, this is supposed to be recycled. What the fuck is wrong with you? Or sneak it all in there literally the day that it all gets taken out and get beat, beat these guys to the punch, which has only ever happened like twice in the 18 months or so we've lived here. or. Or, or I can take it down the street to the giant communal thing or try and sneak it in somebody else's garbage niche style. I haven't... <laughs> I'm just fucking lazy. I haven't done any of that shit yet, but soon, very soon, I'm going to get there. <laughs> just got too much crap in my house, guys. Anyway, continuing with cons. Thank you for joining me on that journey. Um. Okay, when they're talking about wiffle beer... specifically they talk about they call this game wiffle beer who is not present in that game mark hank why is hank not there because he'd squash it yeah absolutely i wrote in here that hank would be abhorred by the concept of wiffle beer the idea of spilling beer or making sport of hitting a full beer can he would just like i he his head might just explode that bongo drum that we've been we've been seeing that vein in the side of his head might actually just aneurysm for us if he saw them playing <laughs> whiffle. <laughs> um, the cheese dust in the beard. Oh dear God, no, just no, too much. Um, and Khan seems overly cruel this week to everybody that's that's not Min or somebody from Nine. Yeah, Rams. he's pretty hey, mean. What, this is bad. What comedy. really it's a, it's a just, a, it's overt. It doesn't, I feel like they tried to overdo it because normally he gets to be half the bad guy and Min gets to be the other half, but she has to be the good guy. this week, So he gets to double up and he just looks like a dickhead. It really got to me at the end where he's, he's wants to make those videos, just getting shitty with people and barring a mm-hmm. couple of funny lines. I'm like, that whole concept is really fucking mean. Yeah. It's a mean con episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, but those are my, those are my cons, if you will. What, what do you, what do you got for me? What, what did you not like about this episode? What didn't hold up?
1: Yeah. Min has zero trigger discipline. She pulls out the nine at the restaurant. Um, she has her hand, like she, she cocks the gun. She, she cocks the shotgun inside the gun club. Her finger is inside the trigger guard at any given moment. Terrible, terrible trigger discipline out of Min. Kids, do not have yeah. a loaded firearm indoors. Um, we've been up on a lot of good continuity this episode. There is some continuity we missed, though, unless I just missed it, and I might have. Um, but there's no tiny mounted mouse head in the gun club.
0: Sadly, yeah, I noticed that.
1: Um, and then my last one is, why did the... So, I get it. The the gun club, as you know, they're hillbillies, are rednecks, they're children of the soil... That's what they prefer to be called, apparently. But <laughs> the first thing they do is they go drink out of a chlorinated pool. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, except not for Dale, Dale who goes for the cucumber water.
1: Yes, because Dale is at least educated. I, I don't... They're not that <laughs> dumb. They, <laughs> he, we all know they would read a dinner with onions. <laughs> I just... That kind of bugged me a little bit. But then I like the... They got classical... They got pretty music under the water, and Dale takes his hat off and listens, so, whatever. Right. Uh, Favorite moments, buddy?
0: Um, so I just, just called Khan out for being too mean. At the same time, starting out your, uh, your video to Peggy Hill with, Dear Redneck Ogress, that's the funniest fucking thing he has said in three seasons. Yes. (laughs) I don't even care that he's being overly mean to Peggy at that point. That is just good writing to me. <laughs> Redneck. Uh, but that's, that's what I got for, for at least like notable moments here. What about you? Okay. Lenny?
1: Um I just generally like men fitting in with the gun club. And then I like the little bit when, you know, they call her on the phone at the dinner and, you know, she Oh, put him on, she howls and then sorry. Private business. I like that. Min is now mm-hmm. making a conscious effort that she is going to stand between both these worlds, and she's going to enjoy herself in both of them, and I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, is I'm it bit... time to do what we're going to do here and rate this bad boy?
0: I think so. I think so. Um, I'm going to break down the rating system for us. Alright. First off, we have our charcoal. A charcoal is the bottom of the scale of, of uh, dang old podcast here. It's a filthy, awful, terrible, sooty, uh, just mess of an episode. A charcoal episode's a failure. It doesn't represent King of the Hill at all. It's not fun to watch. You're probably going to turn it off. After that, you got a megalow. It's not much better. The way Mark and I like to describe this, it's a turd that's got little nuggets of good in it, and those nuggets of, of corn that just happen to be good definitely don't don't take away from the fact that it's a turd. they're just kind of fun to, to look at. um Megalo episodes are also terrible representations of King of the Hill. They just a little bit better, tiny a little bit better. after that you got your butane episodes. Butane's a bastard gas, and these are are just you you don't know where you fall on a butane episode. You love to hate it. you hate to love it it's it's middle of the road it's it's TV. It's something that you can just kind of put on in the background, and if you pay attention, you pay attention. If not, you don't, and you're kind of fine either way. Um, It's filling that void so that you don't have to listen to silence and and worry about all that existential dread. After that, you got your Charking episodes. Charking is the the best of King of the Hill. It's some of the best episodes you have to offer that talk about its good characters, its good storylines. It's got great guest stars, usually. If Mark and I come together and talk about Char Kings and and we name each we each name one a Char King, it becomes an Imperial. And these are simply put, some of the best King of the Hill episodes that just need a little bit of context to fully appreciate them. You, you can't go into a Char King Imperial episode and get every single joke if you haven't watched at least a couple of it. So after that we have one other on the scale, and it's the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill. These are our blue flames of battle. Um, they represent the best of what this show has to offer and they're great entry points into the series. Our blue flames of valor include things like um firefight and we will go and uh plastic white female um lots of lots of really good stuff we uh we had a couple of them last season and I say we but meaning meaning me um <laughs> our blue flames of valor they're just they're they're the reason that you commit so much time to to watching king of the hill. It's in the hopes that you're going to find another one of these just kind of hanging out somewhere undisclosed. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, what do you give the men who knew too much? Uh, on
1: a scale of charcoal to blue flame, I'm giving it a Charking. This is probably the best Ooh. men episode we're going to get. Um, I would be hard-pressed to find another one, but this is good men, a lot of character growth out of her. And then around that, everybody else is used well. It was such a good episode. I didn't mind Lucky being in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, How about you, that buddy? Is, that says an awful lot. Um, That's, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I gave it a bouquet. Um, it almost it almost hit the King for me. What snagged me up was uh, was a couple of things. I really did not care for this B-Store at all. Um to me it was it's it's a typical like season eleven season twelve b story It's in there, it's there to fill time. it's there because certain people have to be able to interact within this within this universe every episode so they can get a paycheck um I just did not care for it very much, and so that that, that drug it down a little bit, and I also felt that con was just too cruel he was just it was just a too much at the end okay. of this. Um, and so that's, that's the only thing really holding me back. I wanted to give it a charting. Um, cause this is definitely better quality than, than your butane. It's not just popcorn TV, right? This is a really good representation and a very good character study into who Min is. Like we've never gotten this much on this character before and mm-hmm. we've never humanized her this much. Usually she is just as cruel, if not worse than Khan just in smaller volumes. And yet, after this, this episode could be why I I love Min as much as I do. Maybe I just have this, like, in the back of my mind as she may be a shitty person, but eventually she gets better. So.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, Got I ended on. up with a Buking here. Cool. Cool, cool.
1: Well, um, let's say we uh, skeet on over to our next episode, buddy.
0: Fire away, buddy. Ah, skeet, skeet All right. Well, let's keep on going to episode 222, Dream Weaver. Are you ready, Weaver? I am ready, Mark. Uh, original air date, December 16th, 2007, right, written by Jennifer Barrow. Have we seen Jennifer Barrow yet? This
1: is her first.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, let's, see. let's see how you do here, Jennifer Barrow. Um... We have a cast of characters for Dreamweaver that includes Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Nancy Gribble, Mr. Brubaker, Con, Super and Pone, Charles and Sharon, Megan, Kitty, and Doggy. Um This is in fact the Super and Pone's White Highland Terrier. I why did why is this even in here? I don't know.
1: Because Khan is walking Doggy when the guys are standing in the okay. alley and the hat blows on his head.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. It's like, why do, why do you guys make out a point to say that? I think they just wanted to make fun of the fact that they have a character named Kitty and they could put Doggy right after it. I think <laughs> this is this is just like stupid wiki stuff that they think are being <laughs> cute. Anyway, synopsis, Dale takes a stab at a new vocation or weaving a new vocation. And the guys try and make a viral video. A story, Dale and Hank. B story, Bill, Boomhauer, Con, Bobby, Peggy. Basically everybody else that's not Dale and Hank. Um, let's hop right into it, man.
1: Yeah, let's get her. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to rattle off my first three notes here simultaneously. Oh, fuck, yeah. the basket one. Oh, fuck, I'm Dale. <laughs> I'm a lamp that smokes weed all day and buys shit online. And oh, fuck, this <laughs> B plot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I have have to wonder, is this the first time... We're going to jump into the B-plot for half a second here. Is this the first time in modern media that we have talked about somebody trying to make a viral video? No, I know that this was being crazy. This
1: was 2000... No, this was 2007, man. Like, this was was college time for me, senior year of high school for you. How many people were, like, making videos on like youtube got big in 05 and then like the viral concept hit after that i think okay but like the actual like trying to make and then peggy even says that now we wait for the parodies and that's what it was it would be the big video you know it'd be your chocolate rain and then it would be somebody parodying chocolate rain
0: okay interesting No, see, I just like, I've seen, I've seen a lot of different sitcoms, especially newer ones. I was just watching Modern Family and they have this whole thing where like, we're going to try and create a viral video. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the whole concept of, okay, half this episode is about trying to recreate something that happened one time because you know that it's going to be a big hit on the internet that shows up a lot. And I could have sworn this is the first time I've seen that used as like a plot device. I don't remember any shows trying to like make that a bot device before. this.
1: Yeah, I think it was one of those things where like, you know, art imitates art or something. I don't
0: know. Okay, no, that's fair. Anyway, sorry, I I, uh, I totally just steamrolled you into that. Um, no, you're else? good. Dude. What other notes you got?
1: Um, no, not at all. You're good. Um, Johnny and Mark are gonna spend a week in Germany doing what? Being a butcher. Being a ranger in the Black Forest or being lighthouse keepers along what I assume is the German coastline?
0: The northern German coastline. Yeah, I mean, that, the last one sounds fantastic to me. That's kind of what I thought, too.
1: <laughs> like, but also butcher, because then I can learn how to make that good German sausage.
0: diverse Yes.
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I really spent too much time. Part of the reason that I texted you this morning that I was gonna be late was because I had a mental crisis when I started thinking about the advent of pockets and I literally stopped the <laughs> I, I stopped King of the Hill. Um, I got on Wikipedia, I started I started doing like a mini crash course in pockets and like there's this whole chicken and the egg thing with like the basket came first, well it probably was the pocket that came it was insane. It was insane is my point. (laughs) This episode made me insane. But do you know why it made me insane, Johnny? Because this is a Dale episode, and Dale is crazier than a fucking road lizard anyway. And really quick, I just want to posit this to you. Is this a good Dale episode? And I wrote down a couple examples here. (laughs) Well, hear me out here. Hear me out. Of Dale at his finest, and maybe not finest here. So Dogdale Afternoon. Fantastic Dale episode. The Exterminator. Maybe the best Dale episode of Mice and Little Green Men. We both really hated that Dale episode. So. Interesting. I got to ask you, is this a good Dale episode or not? And I don't want your answer now. I want you to come back at the end of this after you and I kind of hash it out. Because I think this is a really solid Dale episode. Okay. I think it's up there. But, um... I also generally like the ending. I like that Dale now has a new side gig in his week of vocation. I like that. I It's a good wrap-up to a thing. This is how you get resolution. So, this is how you pre-end a show. Midway through season 12, we just kind of start tying up a little bit of character looseness. Con uh, and Min are now at the Nine Rivers Country Club. They got their deal. Dale now has permanent fixed employment. He's okay. got his deal now. So all these little things are happening as this series is kind of starting to cycle down. And I'm just kind of keeping an eye out as we cycle down.
0: Interesting. I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. They are starting to tie up a lot of these loose ends.
1: I'm full of it this week, man. I'm insightful as shit. Um, give me some of your <laughs> lines, buddy. <laughs>
0: or some of your notes. Um. Okay, so I re- I don't have very many here. Uh, at one point, Dale describes the concept of uh, that we've already seen as Bobby the Stick, where he's like, "If I had a nickel for every time um somebody used me as an example of what not to do, like, he basically talks about, I uh, I'm used as the example here so that I motivate everybody else, or I keep getting broken down, and I'm just like, I feel like we already saw this episode, like we've already seen this episode once, and it was Bobby the Stick, yeah, but." I don't know. I don't know if I like this one better or worse than that. I it, it seems less dirty because at least Dale is a fully grown adult and who's not getting taken advantage of by his high school coach, but <laughs> eh, it is what it is. Okay. The other note that I had here, and it's a big one, Um, and we're I'm going to read it just as I wrote it because I realized halfway through that I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong about okay. what I was looking at in the beginning. But we're going to start it here with Dale's conspiracy collection includes the second and third bullets of Kennedy's assassination. (laughs) Yep. Courtney Love's confession to killing Kurt Cobain, an alien fetus, and something called the Smithsonian Standard, which could be a reference to the alleged destruction of giant human remains found in burial mounds, dot, 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 (laughs) or just a basket for picnicking and other various (laughs) baskets. Because I realized that's the episode I was watching as I was writing this. And as I had stopped to figure out what exactly does Smithsonian standard mean? So when I typed in Google Smithsonian standard conspiracy, that's what it was, is that apparently the Smithsonian had examples of giants, like actual giants that lived in North America that were buried in mounds by the Native Americans and and all this stuff, the indigenous people. They had them, they had them on display, and then they destroyed them so people couldn't see them anymore. It's a huge conspiracy.
1: So I don't know. You would have had no way of knowing this. That is going to be, at some point, when I decide that Two Wizards is done, that's how I'm going to announce our series finale, is I'm going to do my six-part Giants episode.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: Now, 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 just as a quick teaser, um, nearly every single race of Native Americans has some story of giant humanoids um they generally have bright red hair or like clean it's it they it's they always described as having like r- bright red or brown hair um but it doesn't okay. cover their bodies so it's not bigfoot they will generally have a second set of teeth um they're always a menace and every single tribe has a story well, not every single one by and large most tribes have a story of eradicating these giants because they were such a threat to them now the real kicker gets into shit like the Bride's Head Falls, where they found, you know, actual mummified giants with their mummified giant children. Um, but those bodies weren't destroyed when they were sent to the when they were sent to the Smithsonian. While it is a general conspiracy theory that they destroyed them, that's not it at all. They lost the bodies, John. They lost Ooh. the bodies in the Smithsonian, and that's the bigger thing. Like we are. There is a running theory in cryptozoology that we have Bigfoots, we have lake monsters, we got a lot of shit, and it just got lost. The bodies got lost in the Smithsonian. There's a Bigfoot hide somewhere. Um, There's a thing called McFarlane's bear. It was this big bear that was shot in Russia, and it was the size of a polar bear, but it looked like a black bear. And they don't have those up there. And, like... This okay. guy catalogued it, made details of it and everything, and then the Smithsonian promptly lost it. The only existing case of McFarlane's bear. All this shit, dude. It's it ain't the destruction, John. The the real conspiracy is the ineptitude of early Smithsonian catalog. There is the the warehouse and Raiders of the Lost Ark, literally the Smithsonian, dude. It's insane. Alright, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> it totally triggered me. No,
0: you're good. No, no, you're good, but I'm just glad that we can go down this rabbit hole here, because I felt like such a tool when I realized after writing out all of that, that this is the basket episode, and he was just looking at baskets, not some ridiculous conspiracy called the Smithsonian Standard. I felt really stupid.
1: This is the best Dale episode we got. John, it made you learn a new conspiracy, and you found out that I was into it. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. Um, every well, anyway, that's, that's single tribe, John, every
1: single tribe. <laughs> it's insane. Sorry. <laughs> that's I'm sorry.
0: No, no, um, you're good. You're good. That's all I have for notes. Do you got get some pros you want to jump into?
1: Well, let's hit the B plot really, really quick here.
0: Oh, yes. Sorry, guys, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm going to keep doing that.
1: It's all right, because I'm just going to make it, edit, and seem like we remember the bits we come up with at the beginning of the episode. That was three beers ago. Um, Yeah. It's literally everyone but Hank and Dale recreating a moment of magic. Peggy even says it's lightning in a bottle. I think it's a really stupid B-plot, but it super works. Like, in terms of a B-plot, this is what you do. Um, No consequence, no stake. But it... Answers the question. I wonder what they were doing while all this was going on. Well, this is what they were doing. Sorry, I got the hiccups. No, you're good. But this it is what it definitely does were,
0: answer yeah. that question.
1: Yeah, I. It's not bad, and it's not lucky doing truck karaoke. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to say about it, or
0: the B plot? No, no, not, not really. Like I honest, I kind of tuned it out. If I'm being totally honest here, there wasn't a lot of like a good memorable lines. There is one moment in this that got an out loud chuckle for me. And can you guess what it was? Uh, what's that? It's bill tipping his hat to the cat that crosses his path and going, (laughs) ma'am. I rewound it. I made my wife stop and look at it. Uh, She chuckled too. And I went, okay, that's great. Um, there's there's a little bit in here that I really like. Like I've got I've got a pro about a line that Bill says and and it's a cool continuity throwback, but really like there's not there's not a lot that's super memorable about this. I forgot the king of the hill had a I want to make a viral video subplot. So yeah, I until guess, I, I saw mean, it again. Yeah, yeah. If you just Yeah, if you just need to fill time, I guess this this does its job, but I don't know. I also don't know if I could really have stood any more time with the A plot. So if the B is detracting from that and giving me just exactly what I need from the A and nothing more, then okay, you did your job, right? Okay.
1: I I I would I would agree with that, yeah. Like yeah. your pad yeah. runtime you're not taking, but you're not adding, yeah. Like
0: Yeah. Like if if I'm, if I have to look at it that way, then yes, this was a successful B plot. It's just, it's just not one where like, this is, this is a B plot that nowadays, if I sit back and I'm watching this, I go, Oh, okay. This part is on now. I can dick around on my phone. I'm going to go and refresh my Facebook and see if there's any messages. I'm going to get on Twitter and see if somebody said something stupid in the last 30 seconds. Like (laughs) it's one of those, I'm going to just knee jerk reaction, go grab my phone and dick around for a second. Maybe that's why I don't like it because I don't want those moments in King of the Hill. I don't. I want to be absorbed in it the whole time. Mm-hmm. If I'm not absorbed in it the whole time, it's really hard to like the episode. Part of that's on me yeah, because I have no, no self control when it comes to my phone. But
1: I, no, but you you bring up a good point, and you know I don't. Know. Also, this was you know right before we became addicted to smartphones, but. Yeah. Or I guess in the middle of it, huh? This is, yeah, but. Hmm.
0: So, no, just some food for thought for you. I definitely, okay. I don't hate this B-plot. I I think I prefer this one to the one we just watched.
1: Yeah. Okay. 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 But that's me. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to agree or disagree. I just understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Way to stay well, uh, unbiased, buddy.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I don't know where to come down. Because on the one hand, last week was really good, but then Lucky showed up and, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> we didn't yeah. watch. Con, Hank didn't murder Lucky in his home. Hank has yet to take advantage <laughs> of that fucking Texas make my day law. Is this show even about Texas? I don't know. I can't tell. In an episode about guns, Lucky still gets to be alive. Con. Um, give me some your pros then, buddy.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see here. First pro Dale's sad childhood. I don't know if I've (laughs) laughed so hard watching Dale just, like, have a picnic with his basket and start feeding it soda. That is hilarious to me. That was very good. Um, You know what? We're going to say, even though Bill thinks everybody else hated it, I fucking love Bill's pork pie hat. I think we've had that conversation on this podcast before, <laughs> multiple like, times. That is a staple. That is a. <laughs> you staple call it out every time. You are
1: all about it. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes, like it, we. That is good. I know how much you all hated the pork pie. You know what, Bill? Get over it. I love it. Keep wearing it. Don't read the comments, um, Bill. <laughs> exactly. You do, you Queen. Uh, The flip that Dale is going to be a basket weaver when he gets into the, the truck with Hank, like that's the job that he picked for them, is the perfect schadenfreude for me. Because I love watching Hank, Peggy, and Nancy all just go, oh, fuck, this is what we get for making him do this. It's the perfect, like, fuck you moment. And they know they can't do anything against it because he fulfilled the assignment. He did exactly what he wanted to do perfect perfect shit and last and i really i i hope that you mark this down because buddy you and you and i would not be best friends if you didn't take notice of this but holy Uh-oh. shit we have a return of a king of the hill staple that we haven't seen in ages
1: we have okay. an acid trip scene oh yeah we totally do holy
0: shit yes I didn't, we do
1: okay so i didn't mark it as an acid trip scene
0: but okay. Yeah. But you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know you recognize oh, it. Oh shit, yes. look at you go. Yeah, so okay. guys, it's always a pro when we get to dick around with the uh the animation and Dale getting into that acid trip of like well now Hank is like conspiring with this basket weaver dude against me and all this shit. it's so fucking good. Anytime they dick around with animation like that is is a pleasure to me, but God, I don't remember the last acid trip we had.
1: Yeah, it's. Returning Japanese, maybe? The guys in the sweat lodge?
0: Maybe. That might be it, yeah.
1: But I could also. <laughs> I just... <laughs> God.
0: I, I know how I'm gonna die. Sorry. Bill just naked driving into a, a giant pie every time. That was, a, kills me. that
1: was a year ago for us, dude. Holy shit, we are. Yeah. So that's a, that's a
0: long time for dang old podcast.
1: Wow. Look at you go. <laughs> so long. So, I forgot acid trip, it was guys. a bit. <laughs> Acid trip.
0: Anyway, that's, that's my last pro. What do you got for, for things you liked in this episode? Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah. You already hit it with the pros. Uh, Dale's collection of things, alien, second, third bullet, Courtney love. Great. Um, <laughs> I don't know his name. I didn't write it down. I didn't really take note. The main, the basket weaving guy, the main guy. I lost my hand uh, saving my platoon from a grenade attack. What a waste. <laughs> that ain't yeah, funny. Oh, God, right? <laughs> that ain't funny. Mark, why are you laughing, you piece of shit? <laughs> um, General Pro, Hank trying to get Dale hired. It's right before the acid trip, I guess. And he's talking. You know, he's sitting there. Well, you know who'd be great it would be Dale. And then, you know, the guys kind of start talking shit, and then Hank, okay, he can't weave. There, I said it. But I like that <laughs> Hank was genuinely going to bat for his friend at the beginning, uh-huh. if that makes uh-huh. sense. Like, very on-point character for Hank, just, it's good. It's, I'm prompted, too. It's not like he's trying to pawn him off, just, you know, who, you know who'd be good at this and wants to do it as Dale, but...
0: Um, yes, I like that, and I hate his response after that, but keep going.
1: What do? You, okay, so wait, what do you mean?
0: So... It it's in my, it's in my cons here. I'm going to jump forward just for just a second. Yeah, later, sure. And it's that I really, really like like you just said. I really appreciate that that Hank is trying to help Dale out. He knows that Dale enjoys this. That's something that he could actually, like, he wouldn't hate every day going to work. And then and right after that, he joins in and it starts making fun of Dale. And that to me is out of character of Hank. Okay. 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 So that, like, like I said, that's a con for me because I'm like, I don't really, honestly, I think it's a matter of caring. I don't think he cares enough about baskets and about what this dude wants and all the praise he's getting from him to tank Dale in front of him. I don't think yeah. that he is the kind of guy to let that get to his head. If it was propane, that's different. But like, he just, he knows he's got like a talent for this and the guy is building him up, yes. But I don't think he, he I just don't think he cares enough. To to, not only, like, start this, like, big old conversation with this guy, but, like, continue to make fun of Dale with him. It just seemed out of place for me, but... Sorry, I... I God, I'm interjecting you a lot this week. I'm so sorry.
1: Dude, not at all. No, this is... I think this might be one of our best episodes, because we were just fucking tag-teaming <laughs> off each other, man. It ain't an interjection. Yeah. Like, I make a couple hits, hit a suplex, and then tag you, and then, you know, you go in and DDT him and then tag me. It's great. Uh, one of us it's runs true. and knocks the other guy off the ring post. Yeah, it's because <laughs> the other guy, the, the <laughs> plot ain't getting no tags. No, no, it's going to just you and me dinging this bitch around. Um, <laughs> uh, Dale's rampage is amazing. It's also super on point for this being a Dale episode. Dale gets his own rampage, but it's Dale. He's as strong as a hummingbird. Like, yes. What's he going to do? Throw baskets. And then he's going to try and kill Hank with a forklift. (laughs) Why are you laughing, (laughs) Mark? That shit ain't funny. (laughs) That shit ain't funny. Why are you laughing? Because it's on point as all shit. It is exactly... Had Dale had a forklift on Dogdale Afternoon, he would have driven it at Mr. Big in the (laughs) bus station. Like... Yes. i also like that dale still kind of tan- tangentially knows how to operate a forklift all the guys do we see it happen it happens again they all just know how to do it it's great um oh yeah i also really like the ultra heavy handedness in the metaphor of dale killing his literal dream when he you know corners the ba- the weevil basket larvae and cuts an escape path and then burns his shitty shitty little baskets That's great. And that is Dale going, all right, well, this is a dream that I will never get to realize. Fine. I like that. I like it a lot.
0: I can do this for the greater good. Yeah.
1: But he gets to have his, like, Grib moment. You know, he needs to have his injection of grib Gribble, Grandeur, grib chur. I'll think about it. Uh, Rivature, yes. He does this a lot, though. This is a thing that Dale does. He's a very ceremonial person. He's a very tradition-based person in his own right. And here he is literally burning his childhood friend to death because he can't achieve the dream. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, How about some cons, buddy?
0: Um... So I already mentioned that I don't think I don't think Hank would care enough to make fun of Dale with the other workers, especially not that one-handed asshole. Um, but the other con that I've gotten here is that poor Hank is always the ignored voice of reason in this show, um, and I say that knowing that there's many many times that's not the case. But damn it, it's the case this week. He just wants to stay out of others' business, and because Peggy and and Nancy just won't let it lo- like let it die. He gets drug into this whole thing and ends up making an ass of himself. Like he didn't want to be a part of it to begin with. I love his line of this sounds like a Gribble problem, like a Gribble family problem. We really don't need to be here. And they just continue to roll over him. And I'm like, damn it. Where would this episode go without Hank? Like if anybody else were to kind of take these reins, where could where could this episode possibly go? I don't think it always
1: so, needs to be Hank. Well, okay, but let's break that down. Um, we can't put Dale and Peggy together because they're just going to blow sh- something up, be it a shed or credit rating. Um, right. I don't think Boomhauer would be interesting. You're not going to convince Boomhauer to go basket weaving. Um, Bill would have to be good at it, I feel like. That would be the the turn here, is that Bill would be like the expert and... You can be good at cutting hair, you can be good at barbecue, but you can't be good at all things. Okay, um, Nancy's okay. not about to do it, Nancy's got a day job, so really, we're kind of stuck with Hank doing this. Oh, and Joseph is busy okay. discovering himself, and it's getting too dark, so we're not gonna have.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, Joseph would be the other person here that I'm like, I know that who does Dale actually genuinely like to be around. And I'm like, eh, he he likes being around Hank. He likes being around Joseph and Nancy. That's pretty much it. Like he doesn't really care for anybody else.
1: Um There might be a a, a fourth alternative here we haven't considered though. Oh. Jahan Redcorn. I What about Bug? Man, I would watch an episode of Dale trying to like weave indigenous baskets. And John Redcorn is teaching the class at Arlen Community, and yeah. he is forced to tolerate Dale. I, I would okay, watch the see? shit out of that. I would. But you're like, already but you're I, already okay. describing
0: a better episode.
1: But I'm not, though, because if you and I watched this one, we'd get pissed off today, 20 years later, because it's racist that the Indian guy is making baskets. I thought we were done seeing John Redcorn, what the fuck is going on here, and we would be critical assholes about it. I really think that Hank is the only option.
0: Okay. Okay. It's also what you said, it's a
1: schadenfreude. It's hilarious. Like, It's literally yeah. Hank trying to be there for a person he is there up into a point, and then he gets yes-anded into something he doesn't want to do. Turns out to be super good at it. This is kind of the sun also roses, but Hank doesn't get into it. He's just prater-naturally okay. a basket, making a basket, you know? like. So I would say that this yeah. is the best pairing that you could possibly get. I've been talking for a minute, though. I'm really sorry.
0: No, 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 no. That's I appreciate that you, you kind of like dug into it a little bit because, like I said, I just... I don't know where else this episode could go. I, I like your John Redcorn, like at Arlen community college thing. That makes me really happy. Um, it doesn't fit with the, the overall thing of Nancy needing him to make more money. And so he has to go and get a new vocation and, and this is ended ends up what it would be. So I, I see why they didn't go that route, but no, I maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of seeing Hank in every role. Like, anytime you need somebody to fill a role, it's Hank, and that's, yes, that's the part of a sitcom that I I should just be getting over. Oh, you have a limited amount of cast. Guess what? You're going to have one dude do everything.
1: So, just one more time to interject, because I'm writing all my notes now, legibly. Last week was Min was the focus. Week before that, Tears of an Inflatable Clown, Bobby. Uh, Before that, Raise the Stakes. Okay, that was a Hank. Death Picks Cotton was a Cotton episode. Four-Wave Intersection was the kids, and it wasn't handled well. So, like, it's not so much Hank as the focus. Shit, if anything, we've gotten more okay. Bobby this season than anybody else. Powderpuff Boys, yeah, Bobby, Ray, Bobby Ray. Sweet Smell of Success. Lucky's what... Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Not that I'm trying to, like, outwardly disagree with you, but, like... No, it is no, King no of the. No, it it's... is called King of the Hill. Like
0: exactly. Like I said, I feel I feel like an asshole because I'm I'm bitching and complaining that the main character has too much screen time. It ain't like,
1: called Duke of
0: the Gribble. It's Duke of the Gribble. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Um, you know, I really I don't have any very many cons from this episode though. Like that's yeah, that's really what it is. So. <laughs> Uh, what do yeah. you what do you got for cons? Let me see what I got. Let's we'll, we'll see what fucking theories of yours I can tear down. Damn it!
1: Um. Okay. So explain to me why YouTube. <laughs> explain to me what happened to YouTube, John? Because I remember when YouTube was a pure, beautiful thing that wasn't just fucking ad revenue and bullshit.
0: Uh, PewDiePie. PewDiePie is what happened to YouTube. Okay. People good realize enough, that good you enough. can make so much. You you can make so much money based off of so many so many views and so much advertising. Guys, this is, what's going to come down what it's going to come down to is this. Advertising is the worst fucking invention for everything in the entire world. Since the advent and evolution of advertising, we have only gone downhill. Everything is driven by ad revenue now. Everything. It's the reason why Google is the number one search engine, it's the reason why YouTube constantly has ads that you can no longer skip. It's the reason why you can't go to a single website on your phone without having to click, I don't want cookies, I don't want you selling my information, I don't want you fucking tracking me, and I don't want to see nine goddamn pop-ups. Mm-hmm. Ads are the fucking worst for everything. If we could all just learn to be a little less susceptible to things, people would realize that ads don't really fucking work. Um. Anyway... PewDiePie is the reason. Because he made a shitload of, of views and that realized that oh well we can monetize people on YouTube and what was a free service is now till still technically a free service, but we're gonna pay people because we can get ad revenue out of it. It's oh, ruined know. every one of our favorite sites, buddy. Oh no,
1: not just that. Um Go listen to I Can't Wait to Show My Kids Jurassic Park Edition when I rattled off the fucking list of ads that was on the Amazon. I, uh, it was, on uh, John, you're fucking paying for Amazon Prime. That was why you paid for Prime to get all this fucking shit. And yep. now you get to do with ads. Fuck you. Disney Plus just went up again because of ads. Fuck you. Hulu yep. is about to go up again because I refuse to pay for fucking ads. Fuck you. <coughs> and I don't know about you, but goddammit, I go out of my way to not use the shit that they're trying to sell me. Like. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I know. I know you made a powerful one. I mean the fucking King Wizard a high hammock radio, but god damn it, you they <laughs> piss me off. Uh by the way, I'd like to take this time to plug uh Raycons, use uh dang ol raycons to get fucking ad <laughs> revenue and go oh god damn it. It's why we'll never sell out because I hate advertising so much. You know what hey, I mean?
0: Absolutely. Oh absolutely. Um guys if I if I can impart one thing upon the rest of the the dang old universe here, um, never go and use and create a, a website with Squarespace. They suck ass, and never use Doctor Squatch because they smell terrible. Like, hey, fuck you, Doctor Squatch is amazing. <laughs> all of this shit, like it's just <laughs> awful. Are, are you there, buddy? ads i'm here i'm good we're good i'm just you taking get... a drink and trying to calm oh, down got
1: so mad we lost the feed <laughs>
0: no 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 we're good we're good advertising guys capitalism is the fucking bane of society it's it's gonna be humanity's downfall because we all seem to be so solid and bought into this free market bullshit it's just gonna ruin everything thanks ronald reagan i haven't talked about you yet this week but thanks for that
1: I'm sure that Reagan had zero to do with fucking advertising. That was the sixties, but um <laughs> fuck him too. Um well you didn't really tear down that theory, John. Sorry. Maybe you can shit in this one. I've never seen been more attacked and seen an entire episode as I have running three podcasts and the line hitting me like a sack like a semi-truck full of sacks of rocks going, four hits, we're viral. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) buddy, you and I went into this knowing that if we never made a single red cent off of it, which guys that are listening out there, we still have never actually asked you for money. So we have never made one cent off of this podcast. We do do it. It's a labor of love, man. It's a labor not, of love.
1: No, 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 not that. It's more four downloads. We're viral. And just the the <laughs> self-assuredness that comes down every week. Especially in the beginning there. Like when you and I started this, I think it took us like I was about six months before we actually gained any traction. So like I would put out an episode and four people would listen to it. And then I put out the next week and three people and then five people and then three people again. And it's like, oh, my God. And like Podbean will show, you know, like what it did its first week versus the first month. And i just right. be like, no one is listening to this. It's OK. This is a project that you wanted to do with your friend for fucking years. And you finally wore him down. And he <laughs> begrudgingly said, God damn it. All right. If it'll shut you up so you can't bitch about it, <laughs> but that fucking line of four hits we're viral! And I was like, Yeah, you're goddamn right you are. You're goddamn right. Now wait for the parody
0: podcasts. Guys, <laughs> and this is basically don't read the, the, the YouTube monologue the comments. That... <laughs> this is the monologue that Mark gives himself every week after posting a new episode of Two Wizards.
1: Ooh burn. <laughs> you can't burn me. I'm already burnt. Like I <laughs> Hell hell. cannot
0: burn one of the greatest
1: burned. episodes of Two Wizards ever has like 20 downloads and it's three years old at this point. Like <laughs> I read a fucking book in French, like and nobody cared. And I'm not saying do the thing for glory, but like at the same time, I fucking read a book in French and like was translating it like offhand with Google translating like a French dictionary. Like <laughs> I'm just saying. <sighs> I, I put a, I put a lot of effort. I love all three of my children, and I want all yes. my children to succeed. And I put a crap load of effort. But for that reason, so does Josh, and so does Brad, and so does Johnny. All members of High Hammock love our properties. And I guess what I'm trying oh, yeah. to say here is this is a back-sided pro, is we love our listeners too, because y'all make it worth this. Those are my cons. I don't actually have any. So you really didn't get to yeah. blow anything up or make me feel bad about anything, but I still feel like I should <laughs> say, fuck you. Give me your favorite moments, asshole.
0: <laughs> um, it's the I am the basket weaving racehorse line. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that comes from Hank, right?
1: No, that's Dale. Hank is the uh, goat that calms the racehorse down.
0: Yes, yes, that's what yeah. it is. That's what it is. <laughs> I That it, it was such a, an out of like out of the box the pocket line here so fucking good i (laughs) dale's wholesome love of baskets like can we name a more wholesome character when people think of them in this show they don't tend to think of dale they think of maybe bill they think of bobby they think of some of the lighter characters luann if you will you never think of dale and yet dale is just like he has his moments where he is just the sweetest human on the planet. Where you want to do anything you can to protect him. Yes. I kinda of I kind of feel that this week. I want to do anything I can to protect Dale.
1: As a general through line, you know, like now who's the dummy we saw that horror? Um The little bits. Show yeah. turtles, we we get the glimpses. He he's an accomplished Cooker of macaroons, like, baker of oh, macaroons. Yeah. All the little things. Yeah, Dale, I think you're right. Dale might be the most wholesome
0: person. He, like, except for as, as awful and weird and bizarre as he is, he is, like, just the most pure out of so many people on the alley. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, he lets all of his crazy fly out for everybody to see. Well, and, you know, that
1: JFK stuff really holds up if you just look at the money, so.
0: it's You're just going to follow the money. <laughs> uh, favorite moments for you, buddy.
1: <laughs> um, Dale fails to murder Hank, so what does he do? He crawls into a hamper of shame. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That wicker hamper. Oh, it's great. For the record, we've all hidden in a wicker hamper, guys. Every single one. If you're listening to this, then you hid in a wicker hamper.
1: I I'm kind of upset. I don't have a hamper to hide in now. Like, right? (laughs) Just to do it for a minute, you know, it'd be kind of nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. Unless you got anything else to say, you want a raider?
0: Let's Raider Man. Um so Charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, I gave Dreamweaver a butane. Okay. To me this it's it's watchable but it's not my favorite Dale episode. Um I felt like it kind of fell flat. Um really like what 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 this boils down to is this is an episode about Dale getting forced into doing something he doesn't want to do and then everybody making fun of him when he isn't good at what he wants to do. And to me, like that's not that's not a good Dale episode. Okay. Wow, I just said to me like three times. I, guys, I've I've been drinking. It's it's cool. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm I promise I'm not a, a lush. Um, it's it like eight thirty in the morning
1: here, and I'm on my third. I might be a lush. Nah,
0: you're good. You're good. Y- y- hey, you just told me you only do this in the morning when you're recording with me, so you're you're cool. You're no, good.
1: I told you that in confidence. Oh. Our listeners need to worry about me, so Mark can get a job or maybe be funded by podcasting. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: no, goddammit. it, no ads. Um,
1: <laughs> help Mark get drunk just, I, for just three fifty a week. We got- you can help this poor Mark get drunk on his own. Johnny can also probably get some of that money and get drunk in Germany, but he doesn't spend as much it's- money, so.
0: It's it's very true. I buy a bottle of wine for like three euro. It's great. Your fucking um, German
1: beer. Bullshit really, with Mark? Your fucking cheap ass forties and your goddamn fucking sausages, you bitch. What?
0: Uh, f- hey, food and alcohol is super cheap over here. It's it's great. At least I, to me, it feels super cheap. Dude, um, all those fucking pictures
1: you put up of um, where'd you guys go last week? That whatever you took J Ray to for a birthday. God. Damn! It. Yeah. So again, across three fucking accounts because of Instagram, <laughs> I got to see that meal so much, and I was so jealous of just that meal. God damn it!
0: Dragonfelschloss, yeah. Um, oh, we're good. Hey, buddy, you got you guys got to make your way out here, and and you can come in and check it out. It literally means Dragonfield, and there's just some of the most insane shit there. It's so cool. Mm. Um. No, anyway. Back, anyway, back in back in Arling <laughs> yes, here. To me, this is it's just it's not a very good Dale episode because it seems like most of most of the episode is people shitting on him for not being immediately good at something that he enjoys. Okay. And I I don't like seeing Dale getting treated that way. So it's not going to be one of my my more favorite Dale episodes. You know, Um, I do like the ending, though. I love that you pointed that out. He he gets his redemption moment of. Cool. I'm going to come in. I'm going to be the exterminator. I'm going to save everything else by burning my own dreams. That is a huge cathartic moment for him. Um so <laughs> that is that is a good powerful fucking ending. I just I
1: just realized something. Dale oh. is our Dale is our gunslinger. Yeah. Dale is bound through the cycle of eternity and Ka. To only be an exterminator. We have seen Dale give up exterminating in the hopes to find another job multiple times. And yet he is still revealed to be the best and only extermination hope in Arlen. Holy
0: shit. Ka is a wheel and those who kill without remembering the face of their father are doomed. And Dale
1: only kills bugs and what's his dad's name dale always remembers the face of his father Bomb bomb yep. bum okay maybe 3 beers is too much um i cut <laughs> off your rating Mark. i apologize
0: no 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 it's it, so it's it's a butane for me it's it's middle of the road this is this is not an episode i'm going to actively skip by any means but it's probably not one i'm going to spend a whole lot of time like paying attention to for the most part there wasn't anything in here that really really got me fired up and going, um, the B plot is, is kind of, it's forgettable. I forgot they had this moment in here and the A plot is not forgettable. It's just, Oh, it's the one where Dale wants to be a basket. Beater. Cool. That's what I remember. Um, what do you give this one? I'm curious if, if you rated it higher than a butane.
1: Well, so I wish I could, um, what's the highest butane you can give before it becomes a king? It's like, a sterling butane. I genuinely did like <laughs> this episode. It's a really, okay. it's a really good episode. I would put this up there in the, the, the pantheon of good Dale episodes. And then I was going to, so I was going to call it on the fly here. Right. I was going to make it a Buking or maybe even, it's not a Charking. Maybe it is a Charking. No, it's not that B plot sucks too much. And I feel to attack the scene <laughs> when, you know, four hits were viral. Um, but like, I had a moment. I know who... There is a sixth person, John, who we didn't consider to be Dale's basket-weaving buddy. And that would be his oh. gal Friday.
0: Fucking Octavio! I oh. would watch
1: the shit out of an Octavio x Dale basket-weaving episode, and we were robbed. So therefore, it cannot be a char king. But Nope, can't. But all that being said, no. This is a butane. This is a two-tane out of us. My dad says butane, 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 butane. This is a really good Dale episode. This is a really good King of the Hill. It it takes a, a subject yeah. that is literally the most mundane of the mundane and makes it compelling and entertaining. And how do you get some? Su- it's dude. This is boggle, but with basket. You know what I mean? Like boggle this is boggle. This is Peggy's boggle championship, but. Hank is once again there for a friend, and it's a really good episode of King of the Hill. Fuck, maybe it should be a Char King, but that B-plot hurts me personally, so it can't be. But, yeah, you know, I, man. I, 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 love,
0: I love what you're saying here, and your whole thing about how this takes the mundane and makes it interesting. is It's not going to guarantee a Char King, but it will guarantee not a Megalo. Like, this is King of the Hill. This is a good representation of what this show should be.
1: This is also Jennifer Barrow's first episode. Like, yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, so uh Sorry, here we go. Sanjay Shaw. A couple weeks ago, that was we saw him for the first time, and we were taken by him. Now we're getting Jennifer Barrow and, and her first. Yeah, yeah, and like, dude, we are getting some of these new writers here in the last season. <sighs> okay, okay, take this as it sounds, not as stupid as it sounds in my head. If you could say, hey, Mark, it's 2009, they're going to reboot King of the Hill, or we'll say 2014, they're going to reboot King of the Hill, and they're bringing back Jennifer Barrow and Sanjay Shah and uh, that Walsh guy, and maybe the Millers. The Millers are going to be there too, but we're not going to give them a lot to do, but they're going to be on too. I would say that I would be cautiously optimistic for this reboot. I think we're firmly out of like the established canon of writers outside of Stratton who's kind of hanging on still all props to her. Okay. Um but like the the JB Cooks, the Jim Dotreves, those are gone. The Allens, who the fuck are the Allens? They work on American Dad now. Like yeah. it's so going forward, I am positive about it. Like it's a this is a cool episode. This is a cool feeling to have right now. Midway through season 12, like, yeah, man, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of cautiously optimistic, but also fuck you for downloads is viral because people in Australia hear my voice. <laughs> Do they hear your voice? No. Fuck you.
0: Um, so I have one question to ask you before we, we close out for the day and yeah, it's buddy. going to be, if you were a writer on a sitcom, if you're a writer <laughs> yes. on King of the Hill, the Simpsons Futurama, what, what Bob's burgers, what have you. An animation Is domination it show. It, it exactly. We're gonna go with animation specific here. Do you think that it's easier to to become a trailblazer and try a like a new idea in the first three, four seasons? Like, be the guy that writes the influential season two, season three, season four episode for Homer Simpson, say? Or do you think it's more impressive to come into season twelve and write an episode around characters that have been established for 11 and a half previous seasons and still make it watchable.
1: I would say I would say the latter uh, season 12 would be more exciting because you are. there's so much even you and I you and I are assholes about this show. Right? we literally rate it based yeah. on like the oh, characters God, yes. were used well. There's character continuity. Why the fuck is John Redcorn here? Shit like this. But then like to take that and then make a thing that is beloved in an already established fan base, in an already established fan base. Nah man, that's the that's the real trick. That's, that's you the can key? you okay. can you can, you know, make that home run. You can get that early home run in a season, in a series because there's less expectation. Sure, you gotta hit hard, but like I think back to some of our, like, earlier, you know, megalo and butane episodes, those were dumb episodes of King of the Hill. Like, we can firmly come down and say that Square (laughs) Peg has its moments, but god damn, it shouldn't have been a full episode. Versus this, and, you know, this would be ostensibly 11 years after Square Peg, and you can... Take established character character building, use it well, build on some lore. Even the beginning, even the beginning of Dale's collection, there is an establishment of a character that is Dale Gribble. He is a conspiracy theorist. Okay, he's into aliens. Okay, there's JFK. Okay, we all know that Courtney Love actually killed Kurt Cobain. That's not a conspiracy. Wait a minute, baskets? What's all this now? <laughs> you can add this in season 12, and I think that's the bigger trick to do.
0: Okay. Well, what about before you, Before we man? get out of here... No, I no, I, I I agree. I honestly agree. I think there is a time and a place to to recognize the people that create characters. You know, the people that establish who they are early on in seasons. You're looking at people like uh, Conan O'Brien and The Simpsons. You know, sure. You know that his voice is the reason that we we have the defi- like the definition of who Homer Simpson is.
1: Schwartzwalder um, and Frank and yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. In the Simpsons, All yeah. of
0: that. All of that stuff. Like there is something to be said for it, but when you can take a character that has been so well established and with Dale, this is, we've got probably 10, 10 episodes that are Dale centric that are cl- like considered classic Dale episodes before you get to this and you make one that is not just watchable, but better than one of those 10 after all of that, that takes something really special. I think, um, you're learning from your character, you're finding your character's voice and you're embracing it and kind of following along. So I don't know if, if we're going to, I don't know if we still post in shit on, on Twitter X, if, if you will, if we could find Jennifer Barrow, I would totally tag her in this and just be like, yo props to you. This is a hell of an introduction to this show.
1: So really quick, I need to throw in here. This is the only episode written by her but she was a staff oh, writer shit. Okay. on, or, or she was a. so IMDb credits her as a writer's assistant. I don't know what that means, but she was a writer's assistant on 54 episodes from 2000 to 2004. So okay. this is the only Jennifer Barrow we're going to see, but for a one, one and done out of her, God, God. damn. What an accomplishment.
0: This is solid. Absolutely yeah. solid.
1: Because so. I even think you got swayed a little bit in my enjoyment of this. Oh, I know God, you're generally yes. unswayable. I always do. But...
0: You know what? We didn't have Lucky this episode, so I wasn't going to fucking hate it instantly. So good on you, Jennifer Barrow, for using your instinct and not putting him there.
1: <laughs> well, I think I know yeah. the answer here. But, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy?
0: Mark, I still love King of the Hill. I love it almost as much as the uh, Polish beer I just annihilated. How about you, buddy?
1: <laughs> Man, I still love King of the Hill.
0: That's what I love to hear. Well, hey, let's get on get on out of here. Um, guys, if you want to reach us at the Dangle Podcast, please feel free to reach out on our Instagram, our Twitter, our uh, Facebook group. We are at Dangle Podcast everywhere. If you want to email us, we're DanglePodcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am krautball, kraut as in sauerkraut, and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can these fun people find you as well? Oh, these fun people can
1: go find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can find me there directly. Or you can find me at... One of the other two podcasts that I mercilessly pimped this week, and I just want to say, please go listen to those (laughs) two. That would be the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and our buddy Brad and sometimes our buddy Johnny and sometimes our buddy Josh. All members of the High Hammock family are accounted for here, where we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and discuss when can you show these movies that were so crucial to you, to your kids. We We are firmly established in our ooky spooky month now it is October um, I think John's going to be here coming up in the future whenever we pull John Pretty Carpenter's quick, yeah. the thing um, and I'm looking forward to that having you on again or or you can find me on the two wizards podcast the OG flagship of high hammock radio studios I change the name every week but the two wizards podcast where me and our buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to again we are firmly rooted in Uki spooky bullshit and let me tell you John um josh uh kind of just said you know what mark i trust you go insane and oh baby we are into (laughs) week two out of four of october insanity so go find us over there and you know once again i just want to come out and say thank you guys thank you for listening thank you for being here there are some of you who have been here since the beginning some of you who were those like three and four and three and five and six listeners on our episodes (laughs) and god damn it we love you guys or maybe you just showed up maybe you're brand new well hey we love you too and we sure appreciate your listening and thank you for being here Um, and Johnny thank you too buddy because again as we're kind of rounding out and tying up some loose ends here in this beloved adult animation classic god damn I have had fun with you over two years of doing this
0: (laughs) I I can't say I've had uh, one moment here that I've regretted buddy so thanks for having me yeah
1: well, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, we love you all, everyone, and let's get out of here, buddy.
0: Yes, let's do that. We'll see everybody next week, okay?
1: Whip, wop, lop, a doop, a doop, a doop boop. I didn't know men's catchphrase.